Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production, the podcast. I am your host, Art Aldridge, and tonight I am pulling my hair out. It has been a crazy week and nothing that has gone as planned. So I will get into all the minutia in a minute. But first, I must give a shout out to my cousin Mike, who somehow got me mentioned on Chris Hardwick's podcast. And I saw a huge spike in uh, listens last week. So if you are new to This Week in Production, thank you for checking it out. I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes. I think there's some good ones in there. Some are, you know, not as good, but thanks for coming over and giving it a try. So shout out to my cousin Mike for, uh, for doing that for me. As I mentioned, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week. It's one of those weeks where I've been prepping for a big job. That job is this sled dog race called the Iditarod. It goes off in Alaska the first weekend in March. I'm exaggerating a bit, but it does consume about 11 months of my life out of the year. At least it feels like that. But it's an all-consuming, all-encompassing job. It's, it's mental, it's physical, it's equipment, it's logistics, it's, it's madness. And that's why tonight, as I sit down to record this podcast, I've poured myself a Don Julio Reposado double cask, and I am going to enjoy this as I record tonight. Cheers to everyone out there. One of the things I've been struggling with this week is setting up a new system for intercoms and IFB. It's not something I normally have to deal with. I normally have either a comms person to handle that, or I'm in a facility where it's already been set up. I'm talking about remote intercom, remote IFB, you know, mix minus and return audio and program feeds, stuff that I don't, I don't know a lot about. I don't know how to program it. And I'm getting in a little over my head, which is frustrating. It's not out of um, stubbornness. It's out of necessity. There's no budget for a comms person. I'm trying to make something work out of thin air. I've been experimenting with something called the Unity Intercom system. They have a few different things, but it's basically a uh, Mac-based application that runs on you know a, a simple Mac, like a Mac Mini. Or there's a cloud service where you pay a fee and you can use your iPhone over cellular or Wi-Fi or both. And you can talk to each other. You can have groups. It seems very cool. Seems simple enough to use. I did get it to work with the cloud service. The cloud service is reasonable. You can do it for a day. You can do it for a week or an event. And the license fee is not terrible. My problem is that I need a couple of advanced features that are not available in the cloud. And that forces you to use a, uh, a local server, a Mac Mini in my case, running the Unity software, which is not very hard to program. But where it gets tricky is when you need to have it on your LAN, 
so your local people can access, but then you also need it on the outside, on the wide area network, and then you need all kinds of things to make that happen, networking, like it's, my nose is just above the water and I'm, I'm sucking in a lot of water on this one and I'm, I'm going down in the deep end. So I'm trying to work all this out. I've called in some favors. I've got a friend slash business partner who's a pro audio guy. He's been giving me some guidance, but it's very foreign to me and I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed to say the least. I had planned this week to do a whole thing about my new Mac Pro system. Last week I mentioned that I had the monitors arrive and the stands, which were the last pieces of my system. And so I did get it set up last week. I got a little time behind the wheel, so to speak, and I was going to give you my impressions. But then I was thinking, well, maybe this is like too narrow. I want to reach out to some people who I know have a new Mac Pro and see if my experiences match their experiences and give you maybe a little more rounded uh, discussion on it. So I reached out to a few people. No one got back to me. So that will have to wait. So you're going to hear my biased opinions on the system. They're mostly good. And I've done some benchmarking as best I can from my new system, the Mac Pro 16 core, to my iMac Pro 10 core. And I even threw in a couple of benchmarks from my MacBook Pro 2019, uh, the newest model, which is a six core. So I will give you those results and, and talk about that. But I, I will say that the new system is really nice. First of all, it's quiet. I, I mean, the machine makes no noise. Now, the 2013 Mac Pro trash can wasn't really noisy either. And to be fair, the iMac Pro also is not noisy. But this is a tower, and it has you know more things in it, and you might expect it to be a little loud. I would say it's equally as quiet. Now, I haven't loaded it up with a lot of cards, I basically have the Vega 2 card and the Afterburner card, so I don't think I'm generating a lot of heat in there, and but it is still very quiet. So the tower is great. The ports, you know, it's a little weird with the ports. There's plenty of Thunderbolt ports because I have them on the card, on the Vega 2 card. I also have them on the built-in uh, chassis, and then there's two ports on the top. But, of course, you always find that you need more ports up front than you do in the back. At least in my setup, I do. And so I'm trying to come up with ways to minimize clutter around the system. But the displays are absolutely fantastic. I mean, incredible, beautiful, bright, sharp, um, big. They're enormous. This is a 32-inch 6K display. It is absolutely beautiful. I also have the Apple Pro stands. Yes, they're $1,000 each, but they are also an incredible engineering feat. They're, they're so simple to connect. They're magnets. You click the screens onto the stands with magnets. There's no reaching behind trying to thread thumb screws 
or you know having two people to align it. It just you get it close, it clicks in with a snap, a simple, and the adjustability. One finger, let it go, it stays right there. You know, I've used plenty of other stands and mounts where it's Allen keys and wrenches and hold it, don't move it, you got to raise it a little bit because you know it's going to drop when you're done. These things are infinitely adjustable. So I'm very happy with the displays, very happy with the stands, I am very happy with the computer. I am not even thinking about the money. The money's done, it's gone. I've already put that out of my brain. I can't say yet whether it was a good or a bad decision. What I can say is that it is a system that is beautiful, functional, and it is fast. It is faster than my iMac Pro. It is faster than my laptop. For me, time is money, so this system should pay for itself I don't know when. I haven't really figured out if this is going to be a two-year repayment. I mean, I know the lease is two years, but from a business standpoint, can you justify you know, that expenditure over two years and will it have paid for itself? I don't know the answer to that yet, to be fair. But I have no regrets. I like the system so far, and I do think I will get five years or more out of this system with its expandability and its upgradability, which is something that you can't say about the other Macs that I've owned, the Trash Can, the iMac Pro. Those are not infinitely upgradable or expandable. So with that being said, I, I feel like the system's been a good purchase. I'm going to share with you some benchmarks that I ran on three systems, my iMac Pro 10-core, my 2019 MacBook Pro 6-core, and my 16-core Mac Pro, which is the newest machine here. So I ran two tests. I could have run more. I just I didn't have time. I'm busy building Unity Intercom systems. But I ran two tests, which I felt were real-world uses, which should apply to most people. First, I did a compressor test, and I ran two tests. I ran a uh, clip, which was a 6K ProRes RAW file out of my uh, DJI Inspire 2 X7 drone. So that sh only shoots ProRes RAW or um, Cinema DNG, but I, I always use it in ProRes RAW mode. So that's a 6K ProRes RAW file. I took that raw file, I put it in compressor, and I rendered it down to 1080 ProRes HQ with a 709 correction applied. And basically, the Mac Pro was 40% faster than the iMac Pro in that test. I didn't test it on the laptop on that one. Maybe that's because of the afterburner card, I thought. Maybe those advantages aren't fair because the iMac Pro doesn't have an afterburner. So I ran another test. I took a 1080 ProRes file and I ran it through the Facebook 720p compressor setting, the preset. On both machines, I ran that on the iMac Pro and I ran that on the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro, 60% faster in that test than the iMac Pro. 
those are good numbers for me. Those, that speed, that will save me time. But I also was trying to be a little more broad. Again, thinking I was a little too biased in the Final Cut compressor world. So I wanted to test After Effects on these machines to see if there was anything specific to Apple software versus Adobe. And I know Adobe is not optimized for the um, ATI cards. It's more tuned to the NVIDIA cards, but I wanted to at least test it because After Effects is still used by a lot of people. I still use it on occasion. So I looked up a way to do a benchmark in After Effects. And I found this uh, plugin or this little uh, utility called the Puget Benchmark. And I think you could look it up. I don't remember the domain. But it's a, it's a little script and it's a project with uh, materials that will render out over, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. And I ran this on all three of my systems, the Mac Pro, the iMac Pro, and the MacBook Pro. And then it spits out a graphic showing you the uh, score and the time uh, of each machine. Using the iMac Pro as the benchmark, I tested this project on three machines. So the MacBook Pro, the six core 2019 MacBook Pro, was 5% faster than the iMac Pro. And my Mac Pro is 30% faster than the iMac Pro in that After Effects render. Again, that's a good speed increase for me. I, I can, you know, I can justify things with a 30% faster render, especially if you were doing that all day, every day, that that's significant. So those are some, you know, not scientific, but not random off the top of my head comparisons. I have plenty of those types of comparisons. As I mentioned last week, just the fact that I can put a multicam clip together and the waveforms draw much quicker than they did on my iMac. I don't have a time. I didn't stop watch that. I can just tell you it feels a lot quicker in that waveform redraw. I was using some plugins that are not built in. I was using the Neat Video Noise Reducer version 5. That is significantly faster on the Mac Pro. Again, I don't have a stopwatch. I just know that when I would put that on on the iMac Pro, I get the spinning color wheel, and then I'd have to wait, and I you know, wouldn't preview in real time. The Mac Pro will preview that almost in real time. Those are comparisons that are not scientific, but I, I feel like that's my real-world opinion on the performance. Now, I've only done a few edits on a few days with the system. I hope to give you more tangible results as time goes on, but in having the system for a week now, I'm very impressed with the speed. Another great thing that I've been using, which is not a feature of the Mac Pro per se, but it's more of the Catalina OS, is Sidecar. And I don't know if you've seen this or played with this, but it's a way to use another screen, like an iPad. I've got an older 12-inch iPad Pro. I've also got the newer 11-inch iPad Pro, the one with the USB-C connectors. I've used both those as additional displays. And you can put different things on them. Now, I hope that the new version of Final Cut 
will be a little more flexible with the way you can lay out the screens. The, the one thing I've been using on the iPad using Sidecar is the ability to put like the Frame.io extension on that iPad so it doesn't have to tie up my edit interface. I can have that off to the side on an iPad. Now, I'd like to put other things there as well. I would love to have the scopes live just on that screen on the sidecar. I'd love to have a little virtual audio mixer with virtual faders that I could adjust levels on a sidecar screen. How about, you know, video out on a sidecar as well? That one I don't think you can do at this point. At least it was not available to me. So sidecar, big thumbs up. You can check that out if you've got Catalina running on your system. Some of you know that I've been out to the Final Cut Creative Summit in previous years. This past November, I couldn't go. I had a job, and I wasn't able to make it. And I was really anxious to go this year because I felt like we were going to see the Mac Pro ahead of time, get some specs, and maybe see the new version of Final Cut. I wasn't there. I didn't get any information from anyone who was there, so I don't know what they showed. But obviously, they didn't release Final Cut Pro 10.5 or whatever we're going to call it. They didn't release it. So maybe they showed something. If it was close, I think they would have released it. So it makes me think that maybe the new Final Cut is getting tuned to take advantage of the new OS and the new Mac Pro hardware and make maybe make it more multiprocessor aware or maybe, you know, write it so that it's optimized more for the GPU options that we have. So I am really hopeful that the next version of Final Cut will make my Mac Pro system even faster. I would say that I expect something around NAB to be announced from Apple. I don't know if they'll release it or they'll tease it or they'll show it. I don't I haven't heard anything about them being at NAB in any official capacity. We do know that they've been at the show in private rooms, in different hotels, showing different things to special people. I wasn't one of them. I don't know why. But maybe we will see something this year around NAB with the new version of Final Cut. And I'm hopeful that it will be a big feature-packed update with some some great new performance specs to go with the machines. Take that with a grain of salt because it doesn't mean anything scientifically. Just my thoughts. That's all I have for this week. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more updates on the Mac Pro and my adventures with the Unity Intercom. Good night. That was a lot of fun. It would be even better if you could add something to the conversation. Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. 
Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening.